So last week we talked about the hearts and feelings of men. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you decided this week we should probably talk about the hearts uh, and feelings of women. We decided. We You decided we and I got agreed. on board. <laughs> well, <laughs> just kidding. No, I think it's definitely worth talking about, of course. It was a soft sell on my part. You just you went for it. Yeah. So, so it's going to be a good conversation today. We're going to talk about some of the feelings and emotions that we deal with as women and in the roles that we we play or that we're in as a wife, maybe, and a mother, possibly. Um, what we can do about the feel- these feelings, kind of the truth behind insecurities, and, mm-hmm. you know, again, how the gospel connects and helps us in our feelings and emotions, and what, what does the Bible say about how we can deal with them. So we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Sorry, that was a, we'll see you on the other side, and then I looked at you and I thought you were going to say something, so I was like, no, maybe I said it too close or too soon. Let's just be honest. You're the real rock star here. No. You're the real rock star. I am, I am just, all I am is is a channel by which I can bring forth the goodness in you. You keep the Fierce Marriage machine running. No. I may keep the children fed and clothed, but Have you, seen you the, keep them running. There's a gif of a guy. It's a gif, by the way, not jif. It's gif. That's that's my conviction on that okay. on that issue. That's an internet issue. I think I've always issue. said gif. People say jif. That's because you're holy. That's because I mean, you're holy. G in front of E-I-R-Y does say. <laughs> nope, that's not G. That's C. It's a G. What? What are you talking C about? Fr- I'm just I, thinking weird. phonics. <laughs> so there's a gif of a guy falling down an escalator <laughs> as it like carries him up. Yeah. That's how I feel like with fierce marriage. Like I'm just falling down this escalator and God is, it's God's <laughs> show. He's doing his up. thing. However he wants to use this, awesome. whatever we're putting out there. I love it. Yeah. So today's going to be a fun conversation. Last week, you know, uh, we kind of talked about the heart and feelings of men, which was really just kind of a, uh, what's the word? Like almost like a rally cry in mm-hmm. terms of guys, let's feel deeply about things that matter. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel. And it's, we just need to learn how to process and feel correctly about things that that should matter according to what we believe in terms of who god is and what his word says Mm -hmm. uh this week it's similar but we're looking at typical areas where ladies tend to feel kind of incorrect or maybe there's incorrect feelings or feelings that are weighted in a way that is well i think that we let it's we we misplace our feelings right okay so that we let them be kind of the controllers of us at least i do I tend, that's my bent, is to let my feelings and emotions run the show rather than allowing them to just contribute to what the situation is, but allowing God to really, his word to bear weight and lead me in the situation, no matter how I feel. I think specifically so, around your roles around, as wife yes, and mother. Yes, And then... And so there's things like guilt, shame, fear, mm-hmm, insecurities, talk about those for stuff sure. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to jump into this conversation. Um, but first, we always got to do our housekeeping. Yeah, and I do want, I want to do it quick. Oh. We got some feedback, and we hear your feedback. We want to do this quickly, but it's important. Yeah. And do it up front, because a lot of people, they don't always make it to the end. Because they are long this? episodes. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a uh, speed bump in the middle yeah. of the Yeah, well, I'll just flow. do that little 30-second push, or 10-second okay, so, push. That, well, 10 you know, seconds You can do the little... button, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just fast forward oh, through that, it. that's what you're talking about. All you listeners that don't want to hear it. As long as you've rated and reviewed, you don't have to hear it. <laughs> yeah, because people... Re- but if you haven't... When I ask people to rate and review, they're like, whatever. When Selena asks people to rate and review, they, run, they run to iTunes. <laughs> uh, 
Because you're the real rock star. I'm Let's not, just be honest. I'm not. You're the you're the brains. No. All right. I'm just the brawn. But please, I'm, if I'm you... Kronk to your whatever whatever her name is what? in that movie. <laughs> I'm not her. <sighs> uh, what's her name? Bizma or something like that. Isma. <laughs> Isma. I'm not Isma. All right. Thank here you goes. Though. Time me now. Okay. Rate and review and subscribe and share with your friends, please. It helps us out and yep. it helps get the word out. It's very important. Just hit that rating and write a review if you feel compelled. We read those. We're extremely encouraged by those. Sometimes we're discouraged by those, but mostly we're encouraged <laughs> by those. <laughs> Secondly, if you want to be a supporter, you can. Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. That's where creators like us join forces with listeners and readers like you mm-hmm. to make this ministry uh, just go forward. Yep. Right? So we're not a nonprofit, but we do rely on partnerships with people like you patreon.com slash fierce marriage there's some freebies there and there's a video yeah it's helped us definitely it's helped us do interviews that we're dropping every other thursday which has been so helpful i think oh my word best interview yet yesterday yeah it's not out yet but it's coming didn't get out but we 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 did the interview interview. yes it was it's gonna blow your your mind so good but we've done yeah jackie and preston perry the beth keys um, and the Roloffs, they just had a book release this last that week. That just and dropped last week. Yeah, and we got to interview them. And our interview dropped today as we're recording. So Yes. With our interview well, with yeah. them. Is that right? Anyways, thank you, Patreon patrons of Patreon. <laughs> we're way past 30 seconds right now. Okay. So the final one is if you have a question, go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. You can click a button to leave a question on the form there. Or you can call 971-333-1120. Also, text message text messages work at that number as well okay so we're talking about the hearts and feelings of women yes all right you take it from here (laughs) yes i am the woman i guess this is where i would step in um excuse me so we're just going to kind of identify some of the bigger and like overarching feelings that as wives and mothers and just women in general um that we often can live in or allow them to kind of create our own reality um you know as a wife I think for me, and again, I'm speaking mostly from my own perspective. I know there's nuances and not all wives feel the same. Trust me. I know that. But from from my perspective and things that I've seen within my circle of friends and women that I know, um, the insecurities and things come, and shame and guilt and stuff can come from, you know, how our bodies look, mm. you know, even especially, even especially after birthing babies. That's always a really hard time for me mentally. Um, and then, you know, what we look like in terms of like our clothes or the car we drive or who we hang out with, you know, what, what book or wine club we're a part of or that we're not a part of. <laughs> Who's a part of you a know? wine club? <laughs> I don't know. Are you part of a wine club? It's a, a book and wine club. No, I'm not. But sometimes you read books together and then you drink wine, I guess. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, it's being part of a club or some inner like circle, um, gotcha. you know, and that can be, ba- our feelings and emotions can, can be based on, you know, our husband's level of success, like what his job status is or... Um, you know, again, the house or the neighborhood we live in, I think we tend to feel greatly about some of these things that sometimes I don't think we should feel Mm. as greatly or allow those feelings to dictate, you know, how we love each other, love our husband and how we encourage them. You know, like if I'm encouraging you just to get a better job because, so-and-so has such a great job. That's not really from a place of love, right? You're like your lifestyle crafting <clears throat> at right. that point. Yes. I, everything you've mentioned to this point, I mean, I know there's a lot of different variations of this, but it sounds like it's all brought upon by comparison and discontentment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that's such a big, big Those problem. Some big things. 
I mean, on Instagram, we always talk about what, what I wonder you see the perfect Instagram photo. What's on the outside? Yeah. Like, what got cropped out? Right. What's the behind the photo look like in right. terms of the person taking it? Well, and even the motivation behind taking the photo. I mean, I'm, I don't right. post a lot. And if I do, it's usually just our family and what we're doing or something. But, um, got very convicted, you know, kind of before kids about, you know, why I was posting what I was posting. Was it just brag book of me? You know, just trying to post about my glam life, which is was not so glamorous time. But, you know, we kind of yeah, start you... striving to those things out of what insecurity, shame, fear. We want to show off the best sides of ourselves. And I, social media has become more of a cataloging now of memories and images that I want to try to remember. And I know there's different ways to do that now. So no, that's good. Now, it, less. It, well, it, yeah, it does. <clears throat> um, we kind of present it. It becomes this boost. That's the whole thing with internet use is it's this dopamine hit mm-hmm. because you get this instant instant approval, this instant like. And so the we are, we are in our hearts and in our minds, we're being kind of trained and programmed, I'll use those words, to get the most potent hits we can. So we, we craft these photos. Mm-hmm. We craft this narrative around our own lives. Mm-hmm. And we put it out there for people that we serve it up on a silver platter and say, hey, all right, do do your thing, people. Mm-hmm. Like, give me the approval that I need. And then, what happens if we don't get that approval? Right. And that's where we get these shame and right. guilt. Or if you don't, if you can't create that perfect photo, then you're like, right. well, why can't? Why can so and so Sally Jones over there? She can do it. <laughs> but right, I mean, my kids are, you know, her kids are like memorizing scripture. My kids can't even like put their food in their face the right way. <laughs> you know, and so there's then that. Yeah. Like, well, that's because I'm a bad mom. That's because right. I don't I don't love Jesus enough. We that's because, so quickly go yeah. down those trails, um, and feel the guilt, the weight of the guilt, and the shame and the fear, and then it's like it, those voices, those things are so loud within our minds and our hearts that we sometimes don't hear God's word. We don't remind ourselves again of what God says. <clears throat> excuse me, and what uh, what the work of the gospel, how it bears weight in these situations. So again, we're identifying some of the bigger overarching feelings we might feel as a wife. Um, and as a mother, I think it's really, again, like you said, you hit it on the, on the nail on the head with the comparison and discontentment. Um, as moms, it's so easy to, to walk in shame, you know, by comparison, comparing ourselves and our kids, especially to other kids. Um, I've dealt with a lot of guilt. You know, it's a super loud voice in my head about what we're doing or what we're not doing, what we should be doing. Guilt, the guilt language has a lot of shoulds in it. I've recognized. And, you know, uh, fear and anxiety, you know, kind of going to the nth degree about what might happen to our kids. If we did this one outlandish thing, they could possibly maybe in some way do this and harm themselves or, or we even have maybe a fear of man, you know, again, kind of falling into that overlapping of shame and guilt of what are my, what are my friends going to think or what is this person going to think um we get we're even for me I've have had fears about the decisions that I've made or that we've made you know about school and activities and just how we've decided to kind of frame our our family culture and who and what we want that to to revolve around mm. um so again we often kind of trace these back to how like all of these emotions and feelings that we feel and experience come, like you said, from comparison and discontentment, but the way we deal with them, it's often how we, how we were taught and maybe how we saw it was modeled in our homes growing up. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. And also within the culture at large. For sure. Because there's this, I mean, we're in a weird time because of there's like the new, like 
third or fourth wave wave of fem- feminism, mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of discussion around that and equal equal compensation and different stuff like that. So there's I don't want to get caught up in all of that rhetoric, but I do want to I do want to acknowledge that th- we live in a broken system mm-hmm. in the sense there there are different I think uh, weights that are placed on the the, the shoulders of women mm-hmm. in a very unique way. Last week we talked about how guys are kind of like. Uh, especially if you your parents grew up in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s mm-hmm. it was like don't tell me how you feel i don't you know don't show any sort of emotion just bottle it up don't and, and all mm-hmm. the soldiers coming back from vietnam and world war 2 right. there was no real sense of like oh there's actually ptsd or you right. actually need some psychological help so around the result this. of that is just brokenness brokenness in and the depression home and, and yeah. yeah and because and and that same sort of attitude is the, there's they're taught well, we're taught on how to kind of position women in the home and and that can create some un un not right so ungodly i'd say ungodly perspectives on mm. on a wife's perspective on a wife's role in the home that are or re- biblical re- call yeah they're, they're not a response to a biblical call they're a response to a cultural pressure right. and a cultural norm right and so things like hey you <clears throat> should just have a perfect home and when I come home, we should have this nice, happy fairy tale life. Right. If I'm home from work and I'm, I'm tired and all this right. kind of stuff, you can feel pressure if I come in and it's like, oh, this is all I'm having for dinner. This is all we're having for dinner. Right. And you're like, or if you're, you're even if you're you get... working mom and wife, like you're expected to do that much more, I think, to achieve at work, to achieve at home, right? You should have this Pinterest house with the most well behaved children. Um, and there's, there's costs to all of that. So mm. anyways, we're kind of getting into some other things. I don't know if we're supposed to go there quite yet, right, right. but, um, so just kind of identifying these feelings and as you're listening, you know, as a wife or a mom, maybe you can recognize and kind of connect with, you know, feeling shame or guilt or insecurities. Um, <clears throat> and we did, we keep mentioning this episode, but we did a, a podcast episode with the Straubs and about is feeling like emotional safety within marriage, but they wrote this great children's book. Um, and it'll, we'll put it in a link in the notes and I can't, I feel so bad. I can't remember it. It's called, what am I feeling? What am I feeling? Yeah. There it is. <laughs> and there's three things that they say in there that are so powerful to me as an adult. And I love that my kids are getting to getting trained in this vocabulary and understanding that it's okay to have feelings, um, but it may not be okay for us to respond out of those feelings and we can ask God to help us. So that's just a, it's the first thing they say is a feeling is just a feeling. And I feel like that really strips feelings of some of the power that mm. they shouldn't have. Um, and they're not God, right? It's okay to have them, but they really shouldn't control us. And again, I feel like feelings in our culture and just the language that we're hearing around how we feel, um, that they should be feeling should be the controller in our life. They they, sh- they should be like the compass and the guide and the director. And it's like no, I feel like feelings should be contributors to situations. They should be taken into consideration, um, no matter what the situation you're dealing with. But the feelings that you're feeling um, really shouldn't be in control. And so, I guess un- identifying that a feeling is just a feeling, and then asking God to help us in those feelings. I think it's important at this moment. I just want to interject yeah feelings are part like you said they're part of who we are and our emotional person that's that's mm-hmm. a part of how we're wired however we're also we're mind body and soul mm-hmm. so there's this sense that like we have a, a mind that we can be able to process and and kind of minister to ourselves we see this example in psalm 43 i know we're going to mention it later but it's i love it because it's so it's like we have to 
we have to preach to ourselves, talk yeah. to yourself, instruct yourself, especially when feelings feel like they're taking too too much of a, a role in, right. in the decision you're making. So uh, he said, the psalmist said, uh, why, why are you cast down, O my soul? So he, actually before this, he started talking about just, um, I'll just read it. He said, <laughs> send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with my lyre. O God, my God. There's a break. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation in my God. Mm. So there's this there's this principle in, in the moments when you're feeling cast down to actually preach to yourself. But there's a principle that says you have, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You have agency over how you're feeling. And mm. yes, you do have to walk through. You don't want to stuff, right? That's not healthy. Right. But it's like what you said. Emotions are just emotions. Feelings are just feelings. You have to recognize feelings. them for what they are. Recognize, but then but then see them through the gospel lens. It yeah. says, I have the Holy Spirit in me, which is the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Mm. And the fruit of the Spirit is you know, all these other things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness, mm-hmm. and faithfulness. Yeah. So if at any moment anything that you're feeling is being is is overriding what you should what you know in the holy spirit Mm -hmm. then that's an opportunity to minister to yourself and to preach to yourself the truth that you know in jesus right and even taking those thoughts captive like they talk about i think in romans about taking you know thoughts captive and and making them submit you know to the the truth and the word of god and renewing Mm -hmm. our minds you know again in romans i think it is just constant renewal of our minds and knowing who god is recognizing our emotions in the situation, but again, knowing who God is. And part of that is like the second point that we were going into is asking God to help you. So God gave us feelings, like you said, and emotions, and they're often a response to something that's happened to us, good or bad, but they, we have to recognize that that is what they are. We have them. God created them in, in us as, as us being image bearers of him. Hmm. Um, but there's a, a place and a purpose for those emotions. Yeah. And then the last piece that the Straubs wrote in their book, it's all like it's it's in one paragraph every like almost every other page. And it's just so it's threaded so heavily through it. And I love it. It says you don't have to act upon it. So there's just a little boy that has a feeling and the parents say a feeling is just a feeling. You can ask God to help you and like you don't have to act on it. And that's super challenging and convicting to me because I feel like if I don't act on how I'm feeling, I am compromising myself. I'm living like I'm living a lie. <laughs> and it's very countercultural also. Like what we feel is right should be oh, right for yeah. us, right? That's a whole nother self-sovereignty like, can of worms. Yeah. But you were saying in a conversation before this before we started recording about me when I say, you know, like I feel there's injustice when I'm feeling something so mm-hmm. strongly and I have to like put it down because I can't think clearly when I'm feeling so intensely about things. And you said it's not, you said it's self-control. It's not, it's not a dismissal of feelings. It's not a compromise of feelings, but it's really like an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to produce that fruit of self-control within you. And in a sense, it's a resignation of giving it over to God and trusting that he will be the one that is making that right. That He is the one that will justify, make it, make it, justice yeah. happen trusting him for the control and that's hard i think for yeah, moms and wives yeah well it's a real hard thing at least for, for me. sure yeah last week we talked about um giving your mind over mm-hmm. to god giving your your body and your mm-hmm. heart giving all that over to god i feel like giving like giving your emotions over to god mm-hmm. looks like that when you say i feel like i mean i'm just going to use a guy example not to p- talk about guys but if if i'm frustrated because our our sex life isn't going well 
and it's because we're busy and there's all these reasons. It's not because you don't love me, but I translate it in my head because, you know, you don't care about me and you're not, you're, you're being selfish. And, <laughs> and if I get all bent out of shape over that, that's mm-hmm. so hard to just say, you know what? I believe that my wife loves me. She told me. Like at last some point week. I just, <laughs> was that <laughs> kidding. Yeah, kidding, she told no. me a week ago <laughs> that she loved me. It's still true. <laughs> but at some point I just have to believe that truth. Right. I can't, I, I can't always make make you wait and suffer until I come around to mm. it myself. Like I have to believe it. Mm-hmm. And I think and some of that is re- in trusting. It's re- truly entrusting the object of the feeling, like the, the object. And in, in this case, we're talking about God being the one who is giving us these feelings. You can mm-hmm. give it over to him as the, as the one who is truly just. Right. And trust him in that reaction. And we talk a lot about, you know, just in fierce marriage about what love really is. And what like the purposes of marriage are. And I, when I say really, I mean like biblically what love is. Biblically what a, a marriage is commissioned and purposed for. And so <clears throat> like love is not a feeling. It's not an emotion or something that we chase. Although we do have emotional responses to how our spouse loves us. But those feelings and emotions are not the drivers, right? They're not the controllers of us. And, and they, shouldn't, they shouldn't be the authority that we act upon. It's not okay, I feel loved, so I'm going to love you. No, love is patient and kind, like no matter how Mm, I feel, right? And patience and kindness are not feelings. These are things that, this is a way of love in 1 Mm. Corinthians 13. So God is showing us constantly how we can live. And a lot of those are not (laughs) feelings-based or emotions-based. And that is a very, very tricky thing for us, at least for me as a woman and as a wife and a mom, um, to understand because when my when when my feelings match up with what I want to say with and they match up with the purpose or everything comes together it feels like dynamite like it feels incredible and you're just like yes this is what I wanted to say in this situation it matches up with my heart it rings true and I think it's a mountaintop that we're not called to live on but it's mm. okay to experience does that make sense yeah i well you just triggered one of my favorite analogies on this is the whole mountaintop <clears throat> analogy my mom who's so smart when i was dealing with this as a teenager she'd say hey mountaintops are beautiful the view from up there is incredible yeah but you can't live up there there's no there's no plant life there's no trees on top of the mountain yeah. it's, it's harsh snow and harsh and like and there's harsh gases yeah. and i mean I, when you at rainier i was amazed at how barren it's almost like a martian landscape mm. when we went to mauna loa yeah. and, and on kona was it mauna loa or mauna kia i don't remember which one we went to uh, anyway, we were on the higher one yeah. and it was just, it was like Martian. Anyway, you get the point. So the life is in the valleys. Right. That's where the traveling, that's where the living happens. That's where, that's the, where, water's yeah, where the, the water flourish, where the water is. Yeah. 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 That's so good. So <clears throat> anyway, you, you said you read a, an article that you wanted to. I did. So, okay. Just a quick recap. You know, we've been talking about the feelings and emotions, identifying some of the bigger feelings and emotions that we deal with as women, as wives, as mothers, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and how. Uh, We need to recognize those emotions for what they are, understand them through a biblical lens, and know that we can ask God for help and that we don't have to act on it. Us choosing not to act on them can be uh, an opportunity and a form of trusting God, of displaying our trust Mm. in the Lord and allowing the Holy Spirit to just work inside of us and minister to our hearts. Um, and I, I did, I pulled up this article, um, it's by Sharon Hod Miller, <clears throat> excuse me, and it was on uh, the Gospel Coalition, but it was, it was super interesting, and she talks about kind of the truth about insecurities and self-help, like in the Christian sphere, um, because, I, and it really struck a note with me, because that's kind of where I grew up in, was the whole, like, if it's going to be, it's up to me, 
um, you know, just the prosperity gospel, which was very tainted with self-help. And so there's kind of a lot of quotes in here, but they're very worthy of being mentioned. And she said that she's basically this whole article is that she's concerned that we're misdiagnosing insecurity. And as a result, Mm. like we're, we're mistreating it too. And so she boils it down to there's two sources of insecurity, low self-esteem, which she says, quote, spiritually speaking, I define low self-esteem as an inability to see ourselves the way God sees us. When our self-image is primarily shaped by wounds or lies, the pain is real and damaging and the gospel has an answer for it. God absolutely desires to restore our self-understanding by aligning it with the truth of his word. We rightly respond to low self-esteem with biblical affirmation. Okay, so that's how she defines it. That's how she responds to low self-esteem, the insecurity of that. The second one she talks about, which is the one that really struck a note with me, is self-preoccupation. She says, for many of us, the source of our insecurity isn't low self-esteem, but self-preoccupation. What we need isn't to think more highly of ourselves, but to think of ourselves less. Um, And she goes on to talk about the reason self-preoccupation causes insecurity is that it raises the stakes on dating, parenting, working, and serving by turning it all into a referendum on our worth. Every slight, every rejection, every Mm. awkward interaction Mm. must be about us. Such a focus is crushing, crushing. And I think we live in that world. And that is our culture. As women, it tends to be this bent of it is about me. And we don't see it. I'm not saying like, oh, you guys are missing it. I'm saying this is me. She is talking to me. She's talking to all of us, really. I mean, even I told you that and you were like, I feel like that. I feel like I want to be more secure. I want to be a better writer. I want to be a better speaker. I want to be, you know, stronger at these things. And it's like we all are getting so self preoccupied mm-hmm. that yeah. we don't lift our eyes and fix our eyes on Jesus. But before we go there, I just have to say one thing that she said, it's often hard to distinguish between low self esteem and self preoccupation because they over they overlap so much. But she says it's crucial that we know the difference because both require different mm. solutions as she as she brought to the table. You look like wow. you want to say something. I got well, more to say, but I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you talk. I'm just thinking of a. I saw a tweet <laughs> from a, a guy I follow on on a Twitter, and he said it's just so simple. He said everyone is. We're, he said we're all insecure. Mm-hmm. End of story. Yes. <laughs> and that I was like, you are so, you know, because you, you hit you, you read something like that. You're like, oh, he's just being kind of like, yeah, whatever, spry or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, for a second, okay, that probably means that he's feeling insecure. Yeah. Which. He shouldn't because he's an awesome author, all this kind of stuff. And then I'm like, well, I feel insecure because there's so many different reasons. And we've just, we've been so trained to, this world is so individual centered, so self-centered. We talk about self-sovereignty and that my worth is defined by how I measure up Mm. in this world. And everything is a constant like dashboard blinking at me on the gauges and how well Mm. or how poorly I'm measuring up in this world. And we we just happen to have these numbers attached to it, right? Right. So on Instagram, how many followers do you have on Twitter? How many followers do you have on Facebook? How many likes do you have on, you know, especially in the author space, reviews, those sorts of things. But in life, those metrics are are pretty much the same. What's your income? What yeah. do you have saved? How's your retirement plan? Where do you guys plan? live? How's your st- yeah. Oh, I like yeah. your car. <laughs> I was I was I was in so where we live, we live in this town called Tacoma, it's south of Seattle, and like kind of the rich people area is the north end, right? If you live yeah. in the north end, then if you and this lady, I was I was at Starbucks working and someone said, "Oh, where do you live?" and she goes, 
oh, I live in the North End off of whatever this street that I read. It's like, <laughs> you didn't have to say North End. You, you <laughs> yeah. said that because you wanted to make a statement at that right. moment. You wanted, to, you wanted to be. There's a lot of other ways you can say where you live, right? <laughs> yeah. And as, a, I'm sorry, I don't mean to commandeer, but as a, as a wife, I would imagine that there's a lot of that in the parent space as well or in the yeah. life space as well. It's just a lot of, yeah, in life space as well. Like if you're, you know, a homemaker and you're like, oh, I want my home to be in a great place and look awesome. Well, how's your decor? Is it Pinterest worthy? How are your kids? Well, and you're talking about, yeah, I love that you're bringing up, you're just highlighting like the insecurity aspect um, and how that draws us inward when really it should draw us like not to look at our our navel, Mm. navel gazing as we call it, but to look to Jesus because it's in our weakness, right? That he's strong. But isn't it interesting that in Genesis three, all the way back in the beginning, the enemy began questioning, brought the insecurity to Eve, who was already made in God's image, who was already as much like God as she could ever be. And he, he says, don't you want to be like God? Like it, totally ignoring the fact that she already was. She is, yeah. And now she's going to be less like, and, and I mean, she li- is, but like and the lies knowing the life and death and then experiencing death, whereas she was not going to experience right. that before. And the, that's huge and the 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 lie was that he is holding out on you yeah he just doesn't want you god is holding that's the lie we believe in mm. perpetuity and that is creates that the fear the shame the guilt the on some level the content discontentment because yeah i want to bring that full Sorry. circle is Thank that you. because we we don't believe that he, god truly satisfies mm. and so what do we do we look out outside of, of him mm-hmm. we say oh if i could just get into that nice neighborhood of that house or mm. if i could just get my kids to this spot or whatever that thing is, and it's if you think well, that will satisfy. Yeah. That will never satisfy. That's right. a lot, and and so we're implicitly believing that God is holding out on us. That he mm-hmm. he doesn't want to satisfy us in yeah. a way that we really, and so we don't believe that he's truly satisfactory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's and she does talk about this too. She says if we address our self preoccupation the way we address low self esteem, that is with affirmation. It actually makes the problem worse. Affirmation only feeds self-focus rather than delivering us from it. The only path out of self-focus is self-forgetfulness, which is why Christian messages to believe in myself, quote, weren't helping. So she's talking about her Mm. own struggle that she dealt with. She said, rather than solving the problem, they were reinforcing it. Rather than prying my gaze off of myself, they simply handed me a mirror with a Jesus tint. What I needed was freedom from thinking about myself, even when the thoughts were positive. So... She she goes on and there's one last quote that I'll, I'll I'll end this little like article rant about. But basically, self the self help gospel fails over time because it doesn't have Jesus at the core. Ultimately, we we put ourselves at the core, and we're we're gonna fail every time. Yeah, and, I want to put some some flesh on those bones okay. though. Because I like putting bones out there. You can put some flesh on <laughs> so, it. That's good. Why do we? I mean, what does that actually mean? Because that's I get that, and it makes sense in my Christianese sort yeah. of mind. Yes. That I will fail, and Jesus is the only true helper, like in terms of we can't be self-help. We need Jesus' help. Right. Okay, so how do we actually fail? And let's, talking about that in terms of being a wife or a, or a mother, like what are some ways that you feel like you've well, when we start with that? when we start, again, allowing those insecurities, feelings, and emotions to be the controller of our decisions and our actions. Okay. So if I am... Looking at myself and thinking, wow, I am so, I don't know, not a size two and never have been. But maybe if I go to the gym and work hard enough, if I eat right and if I show it off online that I'm doing all these meal plans or if I'm doing these things, I'm not saying this is bad because there are people that really like this is a passion of theirs. I'm just saying for me, it's if all it about comes, the heart. It's not about the actual action, yes, but the heart. It's yes. all about the heart. 
if I'm doing these things out of an insecurity, out of a fear, out of this focused on myself, the self preoccupation, then I'm missing out. All my feelings are going to be <laughs> like, they're going to dictate too much. They've already dictated too much. And so it's going to fail. I'm going to fail. I might, maybe one, maybe I become a size two, but is that really what's going to make me happy? No. At the end of the day, yeah. right? Like if I achieve those goals and do the things that I set out because I can believe in myself and I can do this so, so well because I can do it and, and I can do all things through Christ, right? Just take the, take it out Just of context. Proof text it, yeah. And when I, when I start living in that, in that world, it's dangerous because it's never enough, right? There's always more to be had. Well, we are not wired to be satisfied by those things. Right. And that's, especially when you, when you talk about physical appearance, mm-hmm. um, we, we are dying from the second we're born. We're, yeah. we're headed toward death. Yeah. And that's, age is a process that cannot be stopped no matter how many millions and billions people throw at it yeah. industry-wide. You, you can't stop the aging process. And you know what? Plastic surgery doesn't make you look better. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll leave that there. Yeah. But, and so we're not wired to be satisfied by those things. And so, yeah, that's what I think to be really tangible is it's over time we'll start to see kind of, uh, we'll, we'll see the lie for what it is. Right. right. And there's moments in my own just personal reflection like 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 that tweet said we're all so insecure i am like chief of insecurity i feel like yeah and every morning i wake up and literally the first in the last week anyway my prayer has been god i give you my heart mm. I give you my mind today i want to focus well i want to work well for you I give you my body i want to steward it well but i give you my heart i want my affections to be for you help me forget about myself mm. because i am so prone to just focusing on myself and mm-hmm. man yeah. It's focusing on like the wrong things, right? Our appearance. And she even talks about like the majority of messages, you know, for women, you know, that are about our self-worth and beauty. They, they kind of gradually teach you and get you into this, like slip you into this idea that Jesus came and died simply to help us like ourselves. Like that's what she says. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy because yes, yes, we can love ourselves and like ourselves and we don't have to think down and horribly about ourselves as believers but we are not the objective right Mm -hmm. christ is the objective and we are loved and accepted and valued because of who he is and what he did for us Mm. and i think that is again where this self-preoccupation when we are looking at ourselves, we will always fall short. We will always make the wrong decisions. When we're looking at Christ, I mean, that's dictated the decisions that we've made all the way from the car we buy to the school or the way we decide to educate our Ideally, children. Yeah. Ideally, yeah. it's not something that is very easy because, again, it's very contrary to our culture and society. Most of those decisions, at least, I feel like could be they're, they're based and focused around God and the gospel and our convictions. But... I very much always feel very insecure about homeschooling. I feel insecure about my body. I feel insecure about my abilities, you know? And so, um, I think there was a, uh, a light that went off in terms of just, you know, fitness in that area Yeah, is that it's not about a certain like pant size or whatever. Right. Right. It's about, are you healthy and strong? Yeah. And that's and what that, my theme is. And the reason yeah. for that is because you want to, run this race right. that we've been assigned to. I want to be a good mom. I want to be present. I want yeah, to not be so tired that you can't like read a good book or you can't, you know, record a podcast, <laughs> like what God is calling us to do. Um, right. 
right. I, I just I'm speaking. I guess I want to speak to the the wives and the husbands listening to this right now. One of the most liberating personal um, moments I've had, I'll say, is when I realized that it is a blessing to be just a cog in this mm-hmm. machine. That I I am not the centerpiece of God's creation. Praise the Lord. I I don't have to be important <laughs> because He is. Yes. I don't have to be powerful because he is yes. i don't have to be uh abundant in terms of you know my own resources because he is so good and i this this <clears throat> when i realized that i it's just such a blessed blessed anonymity is what mm-hmm. i remember it as it's like i don't have to people don't have to remember my name because his name is great mm-hmm. i'm not the king he's the king and it's his story Thank god for that and one day you and you and me mm-hmm. as believers will be standing shoulder to shoulder praising and worshiping the one true king mm. and that there's no there is no distinction there mm. we are all going to be bowing and worshiping him mm-hmm. and it doesn't, doesn't matter where you know where you got in life and mm-hmm. all those sorts of things uh and that's what we should jesus be is the point grabbing onto that's yeah. what we should be taking hold of and that's where our eyes should be fixed and just ending with this quote because it goes so beautifully with what you said Um, This is the final one. It says, a godly self-image is healthy and good, but we cannot settle for a gospel with self-satisfaction at its core. It may be counterintuitive, but the me-centered gospel cannot give us the freedom we crave. It simply enlarges our burdens and shrinks our faith. That's why God calls us into a bigger story, to live for him instead of ourselves. When we shift our focus off ourselves, our fears, our appearance, our success, our self-doubt, and fix our gaze on Christ alone, we encounter the freedom we were created to have. We finally learn to be free of me. Mm. And she references um, Tim Keller's short book. I think it's like The Art of Self-Forgetfulness or something like that. It's a really short book. Um, yeah, I've I would, actually read that. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. It's very good. And then she, she, this is actually coming from her her book. It's called Free of Me, Why Life is Better When It's Not About You. Mm-hmm. Sharon Hod Miller is mm-hmm. her name. So I do want to do her we'll justice. We'll some of that. that. Yeah, she, it's, it's really been... Um, I think we can just get, at least me in my mind, I can get so entangled with how I'm feeling, how I should respond, you know, like, what does the Bible say? Am I responding this way? Blah, blah, blah. When really it's like, okay, Selena, stop thinking about yourself for a minute and let's lift our eyes and remember who Jesus is. Remember who he's called me to be because of him, hmm. who I am already because of him. What what does that mean for me? How does that, you know, how does that help me live out the purpose that he's given me? And that I think is again where the the freedom comes from. Not just again focusing on me, but focusing on Jesus and the freedom that He brings. And because I'm free, I don't have to be a certain size or drive a certain car or have a certain house. Those things don't matter to God as much as the the um, the, well, the position of our heart. Well, and those are some big ones. But also, I feel like people tend to do the same thing with, oh, I'm not living radically enough. Yeah, you know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not taking my kids on a missions trip sure. for three months. Yeah. Or I didn't, you know, I'm not serving overseas. And so we tend to, we, we compare in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a special kind of humility to say that God has called me to this moment in this mm-hmm. place, not somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Cause you saw it on Instagram or you saw whatever you got the mm-hmm. promotional materials in, on, uh, in the mail or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God is calling that. That's a humility that says, it's okay. Yeah. I can just be where he, he's sovereign. Can rest in that. I'm not going to thwart the purposes of God. Yeah. Yeah. Now there is a sense that we can be rebellious and disobedient to what God is calling us to do. Right. But God doesn't motivate through guilt. He motivates through joy and through, mm-hmm. a, through a compelling of us by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. not by guilting. Right. God is not so, he, he wouldn't guilt you into that. That's not how right. he operates. That's not, that's not his character. That's not who he is. 
Yeah. And so it's, I think it's, it takes a special kind of maturity and humility to realize that, okay, wherever you're at, that's where you're called, mm-hmm. like wherever you're called, to, wherever you, you are, that's exactly where you're called to be mm-hmm. at that moment mm-hmm. and trusting and God's I, sovereignty in that. And I do think that if big questions come at you about career or about, you know, where you should live geographically or how to be involved and serve in certain ministries. Those things have to go through a filter of time, a filter of mentors and people that know you. Like it's never just a quick decision. And I think that's something that we've learned in our marriage because Mm. we, we had such, we have such big ambitions. We wanted to live on the mountaintops when we were young. We wanted to have those highs. We wanted to show off the life. Oh yeah, drinking the Kool-Aid. Totally. uh, And it's like, we didn't, one of the biggest things I think I've taken away is that whenever a big decision comes at us, we have our family vision. We have, we know clearly where God has us right now. And if for some reason someone should say, Hey, we've been praying about this, thinking about this. We want to present this opportunity to you. What yada yada. It's like, okay, well we need to run that through our filters and there's no way that this is going to be a one night decision, right? There's things that are in place because of the, the purpose and, security that we have in Christ and where we know that he's called us to live. So I'm, I'm not saying the door is never open on those things. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's a whole nother process that I think you need to go through from a place of security, from a place of knowing where you're, where you are with the Lord. Um, and uh, not, not just feelings, right? Our feelings shouldn't dictate the big decisions. They can play mm-hmm. a role and we can, yes, we could be joyful about something, but again, that shouldn't dictate because God knows moving to a new place and being happy for the first six months, it always wears off, right? Like there's always a reality to be had somewhere. Yeah. Um, we can, we can harp on that fantasy cord. land, but uh, I do want to talk about how husbands can help okay. wives. So as a husband, if, you know, if, if your wife <laughs> That's is probably good, <laughs> if your wife is going through, you know, maybe feeling this bit of like an angst or this existential crisis of sorts or wondering, you know, where's my purpose or feeling getting self, um, or you see fi- you're making fix. decisions that maybe you, you want to question a little bit and dig deeper into. Right. Okay. So one really tangible example is with our, our kids. We've, mm-hmm. we've talked about this in the last few episodes. We've made a decision based on prayer and learn studying of our own and kind of our own convictions and where God has placed us. We've made the decision to homeschool our daughters and they're at a young age. So the stakes are pretty low, but still there's, there's stakes there. And you were very concerned that that was a bad decision. Well, we had made that decision prayerfully. And so as your husband, when my feelings are swayed a lot in that area, (laughs) well, because when they're not listening, you're thinking, man, if they just had a some sort of external authority to teach them how to listen and teach them how to do what they're supposed to do, they're taking their, you know, the the mom effect is what we call it. (laughs) Moms get the worst of their kids. Right. And so you're like, I'm ruining our kids. Like they're not going to have, they're going to be 18 years old and they can't even read, you know? (laughs) And so I'm kind of having to talk it, talk you off that cliff and say, remember what this decision that we made, these are decisions. Why? And so lovingly reminding you of, of that decision and reminding you of where we feel convicted because of God's word. Also looking back at, you know, the last 150 years of education, how that's been the anomaly. Well, you just, yeah, you helped me recognize my feelings and emotions yeah. Um, so that'd be I, the first step yeah, as a husband helping. Yeah. And I think you got to take that approach too, because I very much and so often get defensive of you saying, you can't just, the school cannot be the silver bullet for everything, right? Like that's not, it's, you say that, but I know you're reminding me, I know what you're reminding me of, but saying it like that way. is not very loving sometimes. So not step to throw one, under the bus. step yeah. one, help your wife identify <laughs> yes. what she's feeling. Yes. Yes. She may think it's something, but you might be able to provide insight to help something that it might be something else. 
Yes. So identify what those feelings are, whether it's, you know, fear mm-hmm. or shame or guilt yeah. or anxiety. Where does it or come from? Envy too. Yeah. Or whatever that, yeah. that whatever that emotion is, melancholy, yeah. those sorts of things. Talk identify that emotion and then as a husband, so that's step one. Step two is point your point your bride to Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, like show her how Jesus has is sufficient for that. Mm. Why he why you have no shame when you for those who are in Christ, right? Why there's no guilt. Why it's not like we tend to take so much credit and so much of the blame, <laughs> especially for our kids and yes. for you know our marriage and stuff like that. But why God is sovereign? Remind your spouse, remind your wife why and how God is sovereign in that in that space. Why fear? We do not have a spirit of fear. Mm. And and so take the time to lovingly remind your bride and just listen into how that how that sits with her and respond and then pray and say pray with her and then obviously not everything's gonna be fixed in a matter of like listening talking and praying like you're not right. gonna just fix every right. every everything um but check up like, those are good rhythms have, to have though i think yeah and have conversations regularly hey how you feeling this morning after our talk last night how yeah. you feeling okay you still feeling that okay well let's i'll be praying for you today i love you you know that i'm not going anywhere yeah god is sovereign still god mm-hmm. is still good it's all about him just remind her lovingly it's about yeah. him. He loves you. Jesus loves you. You don't have to be big because he's big. So just right. be small. Like, and your just, assurance, just be small. Your assurance just as a wife. I Assurance is a huge thing for me just growing up and all of that. I, you, A man reassuring me, you, my husband, reassuring me as a wife is, is probably the thing that like touches my heart the fastest and like the most intensely. And frankly, it's many times I've just learned this over 15 years is just, I just tell you, it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to work and out. And that's just like, oh, just like <laughs> yeah. deflates this crazy mother and wife that's mm. just in stitches, right? Just ah, and like. So the tendency as a husband, I'm just speaking to the husbands up. again, the tendency <laughs> is you want to fix it. You want to just say, hey, don't, f- don't be afraid. That's stupid. <laughs> Why are you afraid? <laughs> so or, helpful. Your shame is so like, it's, it's so unfounded. Why are you feeling that way? Uh Instead of that, def- try to diffuse, mm-hmm. diffuse it and try to speak mm-hmm. lovingly and mm-hmm. not to come head on, like come alongside yeah. your bride. Yeah. Come alongside her. Don't, uh, don't fight her head on. Because um, you won't win. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, in those, in the, in the, in, you might, you might make it quieter in the room, but you probably won't win her heart <laughs> in terms kidding. of helping her actually yes. work through this yes. stuff. Yes. Um, I think You're those so would, sweet. I think those would go... The, the flip side would go for wives helping yeah. their husbands. Yeah. We didn't talk about that last week, but we did a little bit. I mentioned it. Did you forget? <sighs> no, I forgot. Apparently it wasn't that great then. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, just to kind of wrap up this conversation. Um, it's okay to have feelings. Again, we are made in the image of God. He created us with feelings. It's okay. And it's good to have them, but they just cannot be the controllers of our lives. They have to be, um, in their place, contributors, you know, something that is like a response, not the objective. And even in those responses, we are submitting them to, to God's word, to his ways. We need to remind ourselves, you know, that feelings are just a feelings and that <laughs> feelings are just a feelings. That was a really good feelings sentence. Feelings are just feelings, yeah. <laughs> feelings are just feelings. And they, again, they don't have to control. And when we relinquish that control, we are, we are that is an yeah. act of trust. Yep. Um, and if our emotions are causing us to be self-preoccupied, then we need to identify that. We've got to ask the Holy Spirit for help and to do what the psalmist said, like he read in Psalm 43.5. Why, de- why are you cast down on my soul? Mm, that's good. Why yeah. are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. <clears throat> and then talk to yourself about yourself. 
take take your eyes off it's funny so talk to yourself about yourself but take your eyes off yourself <laughs> look to jesus fix your eyes on him in hebrews 12 2 it says looking to jesus and like fixing our eyes on jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of god mm. There's a that there's that old hymn that mm-hmm. I wanted to look up. It's it's basically based on the psalm. It says, "Oh, so why are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for um, there's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free." And this is the chorus we all know: is, "Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace." Mm. So good. And that's exactly what it is. The things of this earth grow strangely dim. It's strange because mm. it's otherworldly. So good. In light of his glory and grace in that one day we will all be in mm-hmm. his glory and grace mm-hmm. in the fullness. And all these, these momentary afflictions, as Paul calls mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. like we talk about first world problems, like <laughs> what kind of car and house do I have? Those are first world problems. Very. But like every affliction will be flooded in the light of his glory right. and grace and washed away. Right. And we can f- turn our eyes upon him. That's the beauty of human agency, the, hu- the beauty of what the psalmist is saying. Why are you downcast? Be corrected. Write yourself, mm-hmm. soul, within me. Mm-hmm. Be made right with God because you have a God who is faithful. Mm. Who I, I was reading in Deuteronomy, like, as Moses was reminding the, the Israelites, what other God has led his people through this land? And what right. other God has led them by pillar of smoke and pillar of fire mm, so and, and split the, and part the part of the Red Seas? And we can say even more having Jesus in our, mm. in our view. Mm. What other God has joined humanity yeah. on behalf of humanity? That is a massive <laughs> thing. So when we talk and we magnify God and we stand closer to him, we can forget ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. We can forget ourselves. I think that's the... We can rest in Jesus Mm. and God and who he is. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to take this opportunity to have kind of a, I guess, a call to a wife, not maybe a couple's conversation challenge, but a wife's um, sort of challenge here um, to kind of write out and answer three things. Um, Am I letting, number one, am I letting my emotions run the show in my roles as wife or mother? Yes or no and why maybe or how we're seeing that. Um, And then identify if and how you're being self-preoccupied. Am I thinking about myself and my insecurities, um, the things in my life rather than the people in my life, I think is a good indicator. Um, and I mean, by people, I mean my people. How am I caring for the people in my my family, in my community? Um, or am I just so worried about what I'm wearing and what I'm doing? And I'm not trying to minimize. That sounds so like pointed it's i'm kind just of saying easy to if talk we're about self- the material if, side of it but yes. there's so much more there there's yes if we're if we're being consumed with the fears and shames and guilt rather than consumed with the things of god and allowing those to dictate the level to which yeah. we experience the fear and the shame and the guilt um so number two or number one am i letting my emotions run the show as a wife or mom number two identify if and how we're being self-preoccupied number three write out two to three verses that can help you shift your eyes off yourself and onto Jesus. We've given you two so far, Psalm 43, 5, Hebrews 12, 2. But mm. dive into the word, write out a few verses that will encourage you to fix your eyes on Christ. No matter what you're feeling, write <clears throat> write out verses that can speak to your heart, that you can you can say to yourself, you know, how that the other verse is like, let the peace of Christ like rule in mm, your heart, yeah. you know, and, and so we can have peace. And a peace is not... It's not a feeling, right? Joy is not necessarily a feeling, but they're they're gifts of God and they're things that we can experience. 
And so, again, diving into God's word, getting some stuff in front of you daily that can help help you and remind you to shift your eyes off of yourself and onto Christ. That's great. That's awesome. I do want to mention this resource because, uh, I mean, that's the whole point of this resource is we, we created these books, 40 Prayers for My Husband and 40 mm. Prayers for My Wife. Mm. And it's they're meant to be kind of done in, in tandem. You can do them separately if if you just if you're just a wife wants to read and pray for her husband or vice versa. Mm-hmm. But the the whole point of those books is to look at God's word, mm-hmm. read scripture and respond in prayer on behalf of the of the one you're in covenant with, right? So you're mm-hmm. responding in prayer to a truth that God has already said and you're responding to God himself on behalf of your spouse. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of that is it it's amazing how when you start praying for somebody how you're you're moved to compassion for them. You're mm-hmm. moved to empathy for them. It really humanizes them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, and there's a steady progression. And the whole point of these books is you look at, so it's 40, 40 days of this, of praying. And the whole point is you take kind of a snapshot beforehand is on these critical kind of periods of your, or these, I guess, these measures of your marriage, like how's mm-hmm. your communication, how's your intimate life, how's your, you know, conversation around finances and you rate yourself mm-hmm. and you go through the 40 days of prayer, building faith and praying for each other. And then at the end, you go back and rate yourselves again mm-hmm. and see how, how has God moved in those 40, how has he been faithful along that journey? Mm-hmm. So anyway, if that's, if that strikes a chord with you, uh, we'd love for you to read those books. Um, They've gotten some some really cool reviews. People are really enjoying yeah. them. Go to forty prayers dot com is where you find those. Just forty prayers dot com, and they'll take you to those. And I think they're um, the whole the pair is like twenty two bucks. I think. Um, so anyway, thank you for sharing today, Selena. Because I feel like I'm yeah. still even learning how to love you well and how to see this from a. Um, well, and I'm still learning about how to calibrate emotions and to what the purposes of them are. Because yeah. I think we just live in, I feel this, so therefore I will do this instead of, what is God's word? How does that really no. govern and dictate and have hold authority in this area of my life? So. As with many things, there's it's it's nuanced yeah. and there's emotions are good, but they can't be unchecked. Right. Just like And I know. just, I love that you said, I think you're the one that brought it up of just submitting and relinquishing that control is really an act of trust. And I think that's probably the biggest, that's at the core of, of me and my struggle, I think. Interesting. Okay. So let me pray for you. Or do you want to pray? You can pray. Lord, thank you for this time. Uh, Just talking with my lovely wife. Thank you for your word that just reminds us that we can be kind of masters of our emotions to Mm. an extent that you've given us Holy spirit. You've given us the power in us to speak to our soul and, and to remind our downcast soul of the God in whom we trust and the Savior in whom we trust. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, I pray that you would um, let this truth kind of solidify in our hearts, and I pray that our emotions would be governed, first and foremost, by our trust in you, and that, yeah, we might we might feel things, and wives and husbands, they might feel things, that, but I pray that we would always calibrate those feelings and their truth. We wouldn't just trust them as true. We would trust you as true, and mm. we, would, we would align them with you. Mm-hmm. God, I pray for the husbands listening to this, that you would give them wisdom and discernment and gentleness and love and how they deal with their wives. You would move them toward empathy, mm-hmm. coming alongside their wives and, and whatever these he- these big emotions are. Yeah. And I pray that you would um, strengthen couples in doing that mm-hmm. and that they would um, just be made more bold yeah. in sharing uh, who you are with with each other, but mm-hmm. also others in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All well, right, our friends, this episode, uh, as with many past episodes, <laughs> is in the can. All right, we will see you in about seven days. Until then, stay fierce.
Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com, or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.